Hello, how are you? Welcome to First Craft. I'm Heidi James and this is a podcast where we talk about creativity, writing your first draft or creating first drafts, the slog, the uphill, the downhill, the joy, the drunken debauchery, the wild, crazy partying, the depressive slumps hiding under a duvet, the staring into a mirror wondering why you just aren't good enough, which is bullshit. Of course you are. Hi, how are you doing? Bit uh, of a gap since I last spoke to you, partly because um, it's been going really, really well. I've been motoring along, getting loads written, feeling good about it. Also, wondering if it's good enough, which of course it isn't yet, because why? It's a first draft, so of course it isn't. Um, And that's all right because then I'm going to work on it and polish it and rewrite it and rewrite it. So had a good little chat with myself about that. But no, it's going really well. And I really wanted to have um, someone on to chat with. And they were poorly for a while, but they are better. So I will be introducing to you to them very, very soon. Yay! We have a super guest on today. Um, but how are you? What are you up to? How's your work going? What are you creating? What are you writing? Are you stuck? Are you motoring on? Are you taking care of yourself? How's things? Are you keeping warm? It's freezing cold here in the UK. Um, yeah, cold is a witch's tip, which is probably a pretty hideous saying, actually, but something my father would have said. Um, I also just want to send some writing community love and support and solace out to fantastic writers who are listeners of the podcast and who are both going through um, a pretty awful terrible sorrowful time so to my darling Jules and to Aideen sending you love and support and I know everyone else who's listening and writing and in our in our um, creative community they're sending the same back so yeah love to everyone and uh I'll be back soon with our guest. Hi, Sharon. How are you doing? Hello, Heidi. I'm uh, all right. Thank you. Yes. So, everyone, I have Sharon Duggle on with me. Woohoo! Is it Dougal? Dougal. Yeah. You could saw me giving you that look, yeah, didn't you? I did. It's like, I, and it's, I actually was panicking about it. No, too. people never know how to pronounce it. And it actually, it's if you were saying it in the Indian way, right? Then it, it would make sense. It would be Dougal. Yeah, okay. that sort of funny THD sound. That I apologise. Yeah, that's all right. Don't apologise, bum. Um, all right. So. You know, I've done some rummaging about okay. you on the Ooh. internet, and it doesn't. There's not a lot in your bio. You're very private. Okay. So I don't want to. Um, I am quite private, actually. Yeah, yeah, I noticed. So I didn't. I didn't want to sort of start asking you difficult searching questions about other things you're doing because you're a writer and you're here to talk yeah. about being a creative person. So, but I do want to talk about the Handsworth Times, okay. which is your first novel. Yeah. Which I loved and was published. We're published by the same. We are the brilliant Blue Moose. Yeah. Yes, we're like little ste- we're fillies in the stable. Is that what we are? 
fillies. Stallions. <laughs> We're stallions well, in the stable. I mean, we could say Don't mares. just give men the good names. <laughs> I know, but fillies are kind of like... We're definitely not mares, Hyde. <laughs> no, well, I'm stubborn like a mare, as my mother used to say. Um, but the, it's an extraordinary book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, and it's just so multi-layered. It's about sisters, it's family, it's love, it's about the 1980s and music and of course the tragedy I don't want to spoiler alert and being a British Asian in that point and growing up with prejudice and discrimination and it was when it was um, first published in 2016 wasn't it? Yes it was September 2016 It it sort of was published at a time when there was that rise of Britain it felt very um, timely, sadly, yeah. yeah. Well, it should have been. It's a hist- It's a history. It is, yeah. And when I was writing it, I never really thought about it as relevant to now. I mean, mm. obviously, you know, things don't just go away. No, but of course. It definitely didn't feel like, oh, this is, you know, completely how things are. No. For you know, black and brown people today. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, be- so I- it was a bit of a shock, really. <laughs> In that way, you know, because people kept talking about the parallels. Of course. So it was just slightly... I can't remember when the referendum vote was, but it was just like that. Suddenly, all that historical sort of racism Mm -hmm. came to the fore again, or was allowed, was given permission. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, perhaps naive, perhaps because I I live in a sort of liberal London bubble... Mm. You think, oh, it's it's we are beyond all that. Now, well, you know. you know, racism doesn't just go away, of and of course, not. I knew that, but I just thought it had diminished, <laughs> or at least was evolving, yeah, and people and were, yeah, exactly, and it was, you know, yeah, changing for the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, you know, let's hope. I'm not so are. sure, but wow. yeah, 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 but let's hope. We've got to have hope. <laughs> got to have hope. But it's a fantastic novel. I absolutely loved it. How was writing it? Did it take you long? What was your process like? Uh, it, Like all first novels, it kind of, um, you know, you don't just sit down and write your first novel. It kind of comes together mm-hmm. and you pour years of your life into it. Not literally, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, years of experience, I suppose. Everything goes into that first novel. <laughs> um, you know, your your childhood, your relationships, all sorts of things. But in terms of actually writing it, um, I wrote it... I started writing it as part of um, an MPhil in creative writing. Brilliant. Where did you, where did you study? I did that at Sussex University. Mm-hmm. And I did that because... Um, I really needed the discipline. You know, I needed someone to sort of tell me give me deadlines and things because it's very hard to fit writing into your life when you know you need to earn a living and you've got young kids and you know life is going on and you need to live life basically yeah we were talking about that I think it was with Ariel actually where sometimes when you're doing an MA or MPhil in creative writing what it actually does is it legitimizes the time you're spending on it as opposed to you're just Writing a book, you're yeah. doing something for, which yeah. is a shame, but it does help when you've yeah, got a family. Yeah, it just gives it that extra kudos, you know, in people's eyes, really, that it's mm. it's an academic thing, so therefore it must be valid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, so I started as part of that, and actually I didn't know that the result 
um, was going to be the Handsworth Times. Uh-huh. Um, just my supervisor, who was brilliant, uh, just said to me, you keep writing, you know, I was writing lots of different things and showing them to him, you know, and... Um, she eventually said, you keep going back to this time and this place in your writing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just focus on that and see what happens? Uh, so I did, and that's sort of the Hansworth Times was born of that, really. That's fantastic yeah. advice. Yeah, so it was great advice. And, um, yeah, I suppose after that, by the time I finished the um, the MPhil, mm. um, I'd probably written maybe a quarter of the book as part of the really? you know the kind of creative critical yeah. uh, thesis that you have to give in at the end or something like that mm. um and then I kind of sent that off to various people and got lots and lots of rejections and I've kind of said this before in interviews and at the same time my dad died and my oh, no. father-in-law died within three months of each other and I thought I just can't take rejections at this you no, know when there's so course. much sort of heavy shit going on basically yeah and, and bigger stuff actually <clears throat> yeah, like bigger, yeah 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 real sort of life stuff yeah. um so it was you know I did kind of put it you know put it on the shelf for a little yeah. while and didn't come back to it for you know maybe a year after that mm-hmm. and then yeah and then uh, there was a little extract of it published in a report um about the lack of diversity in publishing uh-huh. and Kevin from Blue Moose saw that and got back to me and said can I see the you know send me three chapters which I did, and he liked them, and he said, send me the rest of it, and I had to then say, I haven't got the rest of it. <laughs> but And he said, well, I can't talk to you until you've finished. You know, everybody says they're going to write a novel. Very few people actually finish, you know, yeah. so he was, yeah. quite, you know, yeah. he was quite blunt. And, and he's right. Yeah, he's a, he was absolutely right, but I wrote mm. the, the, you know, the next three quarters of it in about six months <laughs> as a result, because he said, you know, get back to me in six months if you finish. So I, that was all I needed to finish, really kick up the backside yeah. you know that little sort of tiny bit of interest from someone was enough well especially when your time is precious and already taken yeah yeah writing into a void yeah can be difficult I think whereas if you know someone it's good yeah. and someone wants it and yeah that you know it's not a guarantee but someone says listen I'd love I think it is then you think no I'm going to do this as opposed to taking six months out of family life yeah without you, yeah. knowing Without that sort of reassurance, I suppose mm. that you're not completely barking up the tree, up the wrong tree. You're not completely, you know. Yeah. Crap. Sorry, I swear too much. Don't know I swear I all did. the time. Oh, that's, is that okay on this? Yeah, I think I've okay. said fucking bullshit about four times already oh, in the introduction, so yeah. I wouldn't even worry about Just it. Just throw a few cunts in as well. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> cunt, 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 cunt. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> that's right. I'm from Medway. Everyone knows that listening into this thing. Yeah, I'm from Birmingham. You <laughs> there can we go. Take the girls out of those <laughs> rough old places. But, I can speak yeah. in a ladylike accent. Yeah. If you like. Fucking that's cunt. Not too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you seen the favourite? Sorry to. Go. I haven't. Uh, I, so, no, there's some really good everyone. swearing in that. <laughs> I I don't. I'm so I'm in the middle of writing two, as are you, which will also come yeah. to in a second. But I tend to hunker down, stick my head under okay. the duvet, and not look at what's going on. So I saw a reference to the favourite today and thought, is that telly? Is it a film or something? It's what a film. It? It's oh. got. Um, 
It's about Queen Anne, who I knew very little about. Oh, poor Queen. Wasn't she the one who was terribly depressed? None of her children yeah, survived. she had 17 children yeah. who all died. Um, but it's Olivia Coleman, Rachel Wise and uh, Emma Stowe. So three oh, brilliant, brilliant, strong women characters playing three brilliant, strong women you know, uh, three actors playing three brilliant characters. Fantastic. It's just hilarious, really good. And some, and really, some good swearing. Really good swearing. Which is really clearly our swearing. criteria yeah. at this moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will have a look out. Have you, did you see Tully? No. Netflix? No. We watched it purely by a kind of accident and that was another great film about right. female experience... I've not even heard of that. It's like a Netflix film, but right. it's got Charlene, Charlize Theron. Okay, it? yeah. Brilliant. It's about... She, anyway, I don't want to spoiler alert it, but it's no, very I'll, good. I'll check it out. Mm. I really yeah. enjoyed that. All right. Anyway. <laughs> that was diversion. Yeah, well, There'll be back, a few of those. Come back yeah. together, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about... You don't necessarily have to give away the plot of your new one because you're in the middle of writing, but tell me about how, when do you know an idea is worth work? How do you find that out? Do Because what was interesting to me is you said about how your lecturer said, look, you keep coming back to this. Yeah. And I do think all, as artists, writers, whatever your creative outlet is, but as creatives, we, most people have a something, a seam they are mining. And that little nugget, yeah. Yeah, and that no matter where you go, like I've often, so before I wrote Wounding even, or so I was writing Wounding, and I dug out some old short stories and thought, oh, I've been writing this bloody story mm. for, a, for a long time without no without doing it consciously. Yeah, I think that's what I was saying about the Hansworth Times, yeah. you know, when you write your first novel, it's kind of all these little, this things that are kind of scratching away at you for years and years yeah and And people lots of young or new writers not young new writers who often say yeah how do I find my voice it's like no it's there that it's the thing that you are it's that itch yeah that's exactly thing that won't let go of you so is this is that how you come up with like your this this second novel is it another one of these it definitely is another one of those yeah um how do you know when it's yeah I, I think your question originally was you know how do you know when the idea is one worth yeah do you I keep don't... playing and just throwing stuff away or do you sort of let it sit in a word yeah I think I mean if I'm perfectly honest I only really know the idea is worth something when somebody else tells me it's all right which is really stupid I no, know it's not um but I don't think that's stupid yeah. I think being able to bounce yeah, no, being I able to bounce. Yeah, and I wonder if I don't know if this is true for you, but I wonder if when you in verbalising it, mm. it doesn't necessarily matter what the other person says. Maybe it's more about you're hearing it and then you're it's feeling exactly. it and you're like, no, I do know that will work. But yeah. when you you're putting it, it out there mm. as a thing, and then you think, okay, this thing out there you know, can exist and should exist. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, some, it's a niggle or an itch. And it's like, you know, I just need to get this out. It's in there and I need to get this out. Yeah. I need to make explore this in some way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely that with the second one as well. Although it's a very different kind of itch, I suppose. <laughs> or it's Ooh. itching at a different bit of me. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, so... That's exciting. Ask away. What do you want to know? <laughs> well, so, okay, you've got the itch. Yeah. 
it's sufficiently itchy to sustain a long old scratch. Yeah. I think we should leave that metaphor. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get As I was that saying one. that, I thought this could go really bad. Yeah, it could. <laughs> <laughs> it's filthy. <laughs> um, so how, how do you begin? What do you do? Are you a note gatherer? Do you sit down? Do you find your characters uh, first? How yeah, do you, how it's do you work? definitely characters. Mm-hmm. It's definitely characters, you know, and I, in a way, I'm still relatively new, you know, to this. So, um, I'm just kind of finding out myself how I do this or yeah. how it works for me or what my process is. But it's it's definitely characters. Um, it's almost like they start, a, you know, I don't want to stand sort of off with the fairies oh, or no, something. Do. But, we love, yeah, we're you know, they suddenly the appear in my head and uh-huh. say, oh, who are you? You know, and where are you going? And what are you about? And how do I, yeah. you know, how do I find that out? So... Um, I mean, with the Hansworth Times, it definitely started with a couple of those characters, you know, the sort of the ones that ended up being the protagonists in a yeah. way, the, the mother character mm-hmm. and, and the sort of the younger daughter character, and Anila and Usha. Um, and I think it's similar with this next book. So the, the kind of the working title is uh, Should I Fall Behind, which that's lovely. It's a nice title, I think. I'm trying not to. Uh, Ernest Hemingway says you've got to have a title and you've got to own the title before you even start writing the book somewhere because he says clever things or he's one of those people yeah. that said clever things and so I'd started writing this book and I thought I haven't got a title I haven't got a title and as soon as I had a title it started actually um, helping me shape the book that's interesting yeah. isn't it yeah yeah, uh, I nicked it from someone I'm not going to tell you where <laughs> I didn't completely nick it but Listen, they're yeah. words. We're all using yeah, they're them all, words. all the time. I didn't so. nick it from another writer. There you <laughs> no, go. it's from a song. Well, that's uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've completely lost my thread. But well, the sort of thinking of it, so you're starting with the characters. Yeah, it's who... definitely the characters, yeah. and almost. And I'm not a very organised person, just because I'm not organised creatively. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm organised in my house because I have to be and stuff like that. But creatively, it's, you know, kind of ideas come and sort of buzz around and get in the way of each other. And and I do write notes. Uh, I don't plan or I've tried to plan and Mm -hmm. I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how to do it properly. Yeah. Um, It just feels too restrictive for me to sort of have a whole plot planned out. Then it doesn't work for you. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. Um, So... I have to have a real sense, or I'm finding that I need a real sense of the characters, who they Mm. are, what their backstory is. Yeah. And this is something I'm struggling with. Do you go Uh, into detail with that? Do you have a sort of... Well, with this next book, I have what what I'm doing. I've got myself into a bit of a, not a muddle, but maybe I've just made it quite tough for myself because what it is about and you know I won't talk too much about the plot of it because actually there's not a huge amount of plot actually Mm -hmm. it is about the characters um but I've got five you know it's a multi-perspective thing so there's five different Mm -hmm. you know voices characters yeah and it's really about people who um live aside each other in big urban cities Mm -hmm. where there are a lot of people but they're lonely um, and so it's about loneliness and in people who are invisible in some way. It's not all depressing, don't worry. Um, 
Uh, but it is about people who are isolated, but isolated when they're surrounded by other people. Yeah, um, which is the most profound loneliness, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, and it's also about people who are invisible to other people. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're isolated because they're invisible, because of, um, you know, their age or their circumstance or yeah. whatever. So the kind of the backstory is quite important in this book to me uh, because actually I, I want to be able to show that they're, that, you know, even though they appear on the surface to be one thing, you know, a, a, an older man, for example, um, but, you know, when you start sort of scratching beneath that, actually he's loved and desired and, uh, yeah. you know, had a had a life, had parents and kids and, you know. So it's about that... Um, the lives of people who are invisible, really. And that's quite a difficult... I'm realising that's quite difficult to do because how do you get the balance of forward action and backstory without mm-hmm. it being really muddled for the reader? So that is what I'm kind of battling at yeah. the moment. Yeah. I always think backstory when it is just... when it's not really serving the current story. Yeah. But... Is where you sometimes you read a writer and you think, oh, they're just writing their way in, and an editor didn't cut this. Yeah. But there's a difference between, I think, if the book itself, the novel, is about the consequences of our past or this whole person. Yeah. Then it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, yeah, and and that I suppose is what I'm trying to do. You know, it's mm. like what makes, you know, who what makes a someone who they are today and makes them into the sort of person that responds to what's going on now in a certain way. So the characters are all responding to something. Mm. And that is the plot, so I'm not going to give that away no, yet. they're responding to the same thing They're all responding to the same thing right. differently. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what are their, what, what are their journeys in life to mm-hmm. have led them to respond in this way? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like... Um, yeah, it sounds very vague. But. No, it doesn't. It sounds really important. And I know John McGregor does that beautifully and yeah. um, various, lots of other writers. I'm going to cough, so I'll do it over here. <coughs> Sharon's Sorry. Sharon, she has her own radio show, so she knows how to... <laughs> just called mic etiquette. Um, but I think, going back to how we started, what we were talking about earlier, stories are... It's very easy for people to dismiss literature and art generally our cult, like cultural artifacts if you like and talk about them in terms of money and you know what's oh. successful i think believe actually did deeply that stories are the ultimate in our human expression in connecting us in creating empathy yeah. and if you are creating something that shows or opens a window for a mm. moment and just even for you know a day reminds us that people are more than that superficial moment in time that that fleeting moment that they are a collection of thoughts and feelings and experiences and memories and complexity and because even though we know that we do bustle about and silly old bugger blah 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 you know we all do it to a certain extent and i so it sounds to me like a a very something that's important that you're trying to do. Yeah, so no, it's, it's a lovely way to put it, actually. And um, 
but it's not straightforward, I suppose, no, is what I'm saying, because course. my characters sort of range from a, a six-year-old girl to a, a sort of 75-year-old, 70-odd-year-old uh, woman. Yeah. And in between that, there is someone who's, you know, kind of, re- you know, a young man who's one of the central characters mm-hmm. who's kind of fallen on really rough, tough times in that he's sort of, you know, kind of sleeping rough and stuff. Mm. Um, so... I've it's given, tough. It's yeah, t- yeah I've you've not made life easy. No, exactly. <laughs> so, what do you, is? How did you come to decide on your point of view? Have, are you doing it all in first person? So you've got all these very different voices, uh, or how are you? No, I'm not doing it all in first person. Mm-hmm. I did start mm-hmm. um, with doing one of the characters in first person, and then I thought actually that just makes it feel like they're more important right or their story is yes, more they're, important they're the, the narrators, but, yeah. So, yeah and i didn't want that because there was lots of issues around that around um well that about that i didn't want them to be the narrator mm-hmm. but also um about you know as writers we've got to be able to step into other people's shoes yep. um but i didn't want and it's not that uh, it's just that oh, uh, the, the kind of elephant in the room for writers, appropriation. Yes. You know, yeah. and it's kind of, is it appropriation or is it stepping into somebody else's shoes and telling stories from different points of view? And there's some, you know, there's some really good stuff that writers and other people have said about that, um, including um, Kit DeVault has, has done oh, a great, she's yeah. brilliant. Who yeah. doesn't love Kit? Yeah, yeah, you know, about being able to do that, but doing it with respect and research and actually, that has to be what you do as a writer anyway. Everything has to be done with respect and research. Totally. But yeah. I just felt that if I'd put some of these characters, you know, the voice had been first person, I would have felt uncomfortable about that, mm-hmm. about my distance as a writer from yeah, the no, voice. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, so they're all in sort yeah. of restricted third yeah. point of view. That makes Okay. I know, you, but are you sort of... So it's restricted. It's not free and direct style where you're sort of accessing their, you know, that, that fluidity between author mm-hmm. and character. Where, yeah, no, I am. So there yeah, is a sense I don't, of maybe their, I've their got word. the wrong terminology. You know, but no, no, no. But you know, it's sense, through their eyes, but but in the third, yeah, yeah. In so the you, third. we do get a sense of their voice and things. Yeah, oh, that absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, and absolutely. also, yes, you've complicated. Made it <laughs> Well, you know, you've got to give yourself challenges in Absolutely. life. Absolutely. You're not going to make your own life too yeah, easy. Well, hopefully, well, Blue Moose will work with me to make it all work. Hopefully. Isn't that, aren't we privileged? There's your pressure, Blue Moose. No, but sort aren't we lucky? So many authors I know, they do not get the kind of support we no, do No, no, they're, they're really great. And the um, editors, you know, the ones that I've worked with, which was Leonora, yeah. uh, was just brilliant. Yeah, Ben talks very highly of Yeah, Leonora. brilliant. Just the right amount of um, steering without directing, kind yeah. of thing. You know, just yeah. the right amount of A collaboration. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the so the appropriation that is something that um, I've been talking about with a few other folk actually, and I, I just feel that if you're telling a story that would be better served by someone in that community, absolutely. Maybe yeah. they, especially for you know for me as a now middle class someone reminded me the other day you're not working class you're middle class it's like mm. that's nice of them yeah it's always nice yeah, to be told right. who you are isn't yeah. it someone. but anyway i do have lots of privilege yeah and i'm aware of that um, it changes who you are or where you've come from no either. it doesn't that's true but who am i to tell the story of someone when there isn't enough yeah. diversity yeah, so yeah. For absolutely me, i think 
I wouldn't tell a central protagonist story that isn't that I I know yeah. should be told by someone who knows it properly. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. But with my sort of set of characters, I feel like actually all of them. Well, even with the Hansworth Times, and I know people assume that was autobiographical, and um, it's not autobiographical, but it's very much rooted right. in my yeah. experience mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. biography, yeah. in a way. Yeah, or what you know and have yeah. seen and have been around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think I'm finding that even though the characters I'm writing in the new book um, are not British Asian people from inner-city Birmingham, actually mm. they are all a little bit me as well. Of course, Yeah. which is also, yeah. we're humans. Yeah. So someone said to me about um, when I wrote uh, Wounding and So the Doves, they've got fella blokes in. One is a one um, in Say the Doves. He's gay. And like, mm. How did you do research? Like, no, I, he's a human. Yeah. And he fancies blokes. Yeah, I'm a human. I fancy blokes. Not to be. I'm not being facile about it. But and I've asked asked some male friends I trust to read both things when they're in draft. And there was only one thing I needed to tweak. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing. Yeah, you know, to, but to get other people. Um, you know, to get uh, whatever sensitivity reads or whatever they're called. Yeah, I you know, think if that's it, a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I mean, I'm not doing anything that will require that, no, I don't think. No. But you do think, oh, you know, maybe, um, you know, people, some people could do with that a bit more often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just being aware that, um, yeah, we are all humans, but we all have very different experiences. Yeah. And I think... We I was are talking not always to, aware yeah. of our own biases and prejudices, yeah. and it can be useful to have someone point that out to you. Yeah. Every now. Like, really? Do you think everyone... You know, yeah. I was very careful that the men, for example, in my piece, are well-rounded. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because that's what being a person yeah. is. Yeah, you're not writing, you know, you're not writing stereotypes. No, no and that's the issue. That's the, are you writing stereotypes? Uh, it's really interesting because I think this is something that we as, um, you know, kind of prose writers, novel mm. writers... Uh, fiction writers struggle with more than other kinds of writers because I was talking to a friend of mine who is uh, one of the main script people on right. EastEnders Ooh. and you know he's a white man uh-huh. uh, he's a brilliant white man who's got lots of experience about lots of different things mm-hmm. you know including a partner that isn't white um, but you know I was asking him about it and I was like you know are these issues and he was like no you know, we don't even think about it. And he didn't mean we don't even think about... I mean, he was talking about writing Muslim women characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, straight Muslim women characters as a white gay man. Uh, you know, which, yeah. Yeah. Um, atheist man as well. <laughs> uh, you know, and he didn't... It wasn't that he was being dismissive of no. the importance of the research and the respect. But... He was like, it's just not a problem, you know, for us as scriptwriters. We've got to work quite fast. We've got to, you know, produce things. And we've got to, and we get people into the room when we can. And actually, I'm not saying he's completely right. No. And I'm not saying I'm completely right. But um, what what it shows really is it's not a, it's not really the ish, the, the writer's problem in a way, you mm. know, if they're doing it with that respect and research um, and sensitivity and all the rest of it the problem is really in the diversity of the workforces that's exactly right yeah that's exactly right yeah you know we're publishing stories with more voices yeah and Mm. but there needs to be people choosing the stories yeah you know who can understand those 
diverse voices yeah. and all of that. So, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm really glad that these things are being talked about now and mm-hmm. there are interventions. Hopefully they're, you know, sustainable well, they have things. to be, otherwise yeah. it's just only waste some time, people. Yeah. Are, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't it nice all the press got? Because Sharon and I, I don't know if you guys saw, are uh, uh, all both slated for the, our novels to be out next year, 2020. And there was a nice little article in the bookseller. Yeah, it's great. Nice. Yeah. 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 And then Stylist picked it up. I know, and that's then, good. Yeah, the stuff in the new states. So it's all very nice. Yeah, it's good call. Good call by Blue Moose. Yeah. You know, it's brave, I think, to actually say, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. It was, I mean, I was cracking up at some of the responses, which are just, you know... You're always some of them were hilarious. Yeah, let's not even give yeah, it not. Time. We know like, what oh, we're talking about. Yeah, let's not even go like, there. Oh, right, for There's God, always right. one or two, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> Blah, you're... Uh, so, but so, we've got characters. Yeah. You've got point of view. Yeah. Do you... Are you someone who spends a lot of time playing and structuring and experimenting, or do you need to sit, think, and get it set before you start writing no i definitely playing is a nice way to put it <laughs> <laughs> um you know I, I i i'm i don't i can't i can't work in a way that it's all sort of set out before me right actually you know it's funny because i, I i've just thought now that when my partner Joe cooks, he has to follow a recipe. So does mine. Yeah, and he will has to get all the things exactly right, all the proportions. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that. It's too scientific. You know, I've yeah. got to throw it in and see what happens. And I think I'm kind of right in the same way. I'm very similar, although my husband is the better chef. He's you know, I'm the better, better chef. No, well, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only joking, Joe. <laughs> Please cook more dinner. Um, yes. No, mine is because he actually does pay. He cares and pays attention, and yeah. and um, if it says do this for twenty minutes, he understands. There's probably a reason. Whereas yeah. I think, oh, who's got twenty yeah, minutes? Add a bit, take a bit away, chuck that in. There's, oh dear, it's still crunchy. Yeah, Don't I, worry, it won't kill you. Both things work, I think, in yeah, different ways. Yeah, but I think yeah. it's the same with writing, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit more of a throw things in, see if you need to do a bit more, do a bit less, you know. I think that's really positive, though, because it personally, I think it means you're able to, as I always say, make the mess. Yeah. Writing is about rewriting and editing. Uh, yeah, exactly. If you don't put something down, you've got nothing to improve on. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the, it's just remembering that the first draft is the first draft yeah, and yeah. the work really starts once you've got all that, you know. once th- That's when you, the story starts happening is when you start taking away and adding and shaping yeah. and experimenting and it's just getting that first draft down. See, I'm not on my own. I'm not the only person who says it. Uh, no, do you say that? I do, oh, yeah. but, you, but I just yeah. I think that's what holds most people back or they don't complete projects. First graft. Exactly. Yeah. It's the bra- hard graft It is, first. it is, it is, yeah. But do, I think that is where people stumble because the first draft or, the, or drafting mm. is hard and you think this is crap. Yeah. And so they stop. Yeah. And it is hard. Yeah. It's bloody tough. You know, I... I do sometimes think, why, why are we doing this? No. But then you realise, actually, you've got no choice. If you're a writer, you're a writer. You're going to do it, you know. Anyone out there who thinks there's a lot of money in it, there's a lot of money in it for about three people in the world. Yeah. It's not about that, you yeah. know, but it is about something more vital and more, um, 
I don't know what the word is, but you know, it's it's in you. If you if it's in you, it has to come out. So yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, you don't have a choice, do you? No, you actually? really don't. No, it's probably like any art creative. Yeah, and I'm sure it's the same for musicians. Yeah, I was yeah. a friend. Someone I know was talking about wanting to do something in the creative arts the other day, and professionally, but it hasn't been something they've always wanted. They're not really driven, and I just I thought. Do I say don't put yourself through this? Because yeah, if it's the idea it's, you love, then forget it. Or you're you know. being a dilettante, really. Yeah, actually. Yeah. But if you've got something driving you to yeah. come out, which is why I think we can't question all the ideas we have as well. No. Someone will want to. Re- some it's useful. Yeah. Out there, for someone. Yeah. Or funny, or whatever. Yeah, it or is. just touches a nerve yeah. you know in a good or bad way or you know yeah I'm reading um for the first time to my you know you know it's not it's not good that I'm reading for the first time but uh, Janet Frame do you know Janet Frame yeah you know she's kind of she should be read all the time so Janet Frame was the basis of Jane Campion's film that's Angel right. at My Table that's which right, was yeah you know, based on her sort of autobiography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading her first novel at the moment for my book group. It's it's not an easy read, mm-hmm. but some of the writing in it is so beautiful. It just makes me yeah. want to weep, yeah. <laughs> you know, really does. And I don't know why I'm saying that. It's just, you know, she was a woman with lots of adversity, you know, mm. sort of mental health. Mm. Um, People have compared her first novel to The Bell Jar in yes. that it's, you know, part of it is about a young woman's experience of being in mental yeah. health institutions in the late 50s. Oh, it's not all what about... A, what a time to yeah, be. The book's not all about yeah. that, it's, but it's, um, yeah, it's just beautiful, beautifully written. You go, oh, this must have been so hard for yeah. her to write, but she wrote it and she wrote about 20 other books after it. Yeah. It's amazing um, that you guys are doing that for your book club. It's I, When I hear book clubs who yeah. are doing really I interesting... I chose it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, they all choose good books, actually, interesting yeah. books. And I don't think you can't all read. Not everyone can read Eleanor Oliphant over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was going to say I'm sorry, I don't, but actually, I'm not fucking saying sorry. I did not like that book. No, I, don't I didn't understand. like it. But I do. I know lots of people who loved that book who don't read Fair that enough. much, and I think for that reason, a bit like Harry Potter, right? You know, I've never read a Harry <laughs> Potter, but. Good on J.K. Rowling for getting people to... Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for the Eleanor Oliphant one, it's a bit like that, although I didn't like it either. No, just... To, I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, but yeah. let's I, not criticise other you not know, at all. people's Don't success. Said, no, yeah. but I didn't... No, and yeah. obviously in all power to her. Really, yeah, absolutely. But I, personally, it wasn't for me. No, nor me. Um, Which is you, why I mentioned it. <laughs> what else are you reading that... Or have you read recently that you've loved? Well, I mean, a bit like... Um, we were talking about the favourite earlier. Mm. You know, I do find it hard to read. Not hard, but I don't... I read my book group books. We meet once a month and, you know, uh, when I'm writing. But I can't read too much, mm-hmm. I think, of other people's, you know, other novels. So I am read, I do read short stories. Right. But the other person that I read recently that I loved and hadn't read before was Elizabeth Strout. Oh, yeah, right, so yeah. Lucy Barton yeah, and uh-huh. Anything is Possible, and I really loved her writing as well. And you know, um, yeah, beautiful, 
and actually she anything anything is possible is a sort of multi perspective thing it's a bit more like short stories actually but it did make me think oh you know this can be done quite well yeah i can have a go (laughs) yeah you're gonna do it's gonna be fantastic i'm used 60 well yeah wait and see (laughs) well let's wait and see um you're 60,000 words in i'm 60,000 words in yes bring a ding that's pretty come on that's a chunk that's fantastic yeah that is a chunk yeah it feels like i'm well over the halfway well actually i reckon it'll be about 80,000 when it's finished so you know yeah it's almost i feel like i should be it's like it's quite early. I feel like I should be giving you some champagne or something. <laughs> it's a bit early in the day. Wow, <laughs> it's never too early it's in never the day. Although yeah. <laughs> um, well, you've got to give me a lift to the station, so <laughs> I could just strap you to the back of one of the dogs. <laughs> um, no, that's pretty mate. That's not, yeah. that's great because that, that means you're you've got space to start. What you know? Running, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you with yours? I'm. I tend to work slightly differently to you. I have a ton of notes. Right. That, all sort of half scenes, bits and pieces of dialogue that actually begin to form a body. They coagulate in my head. Right, okay. And then I put them down in the order I know I'm going to link them. And then I write between them, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah, like it's like a dots. jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do do a bit of that as well. But that kind of comes a bit later in the process. Right. Yeah. And it's, like you say, it's, you know, this is what my fourth novel now says. I've learned to trust it. So before mm. it would, I'd panic. But I've learned to trust. So I write very quickly. I will, I can write 70, 80,000 words in two months. Really? Wow. But. I get RSI. That's my, it's actually right. a physical thing. Yeah. But I can't do enough. it. Yeah. But I've sat on it like a hen on an egg for about two years. Oh, really? While these yeah. ideas come. Before you start writing? Yeah. So I've got the notes, but I don't... I can't sit and... Stop piecing it together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's I just... interesting. I did the same in my PhD. I did the, all the other... I've just learned that that's... And I, you know, I'll write a short story in a day. Yeah. And that's it. But, but that's just the physical putting down. Yeah. It's, I've actually been doing it, writing it, the process, yeah. for much longer. Yeah. So, that's a long-winded way of saying I've probably only got about 30,000 words. Right, okay. But I've got the entire... But it's all... It's all there. Yeah. mapped out in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said about the characters are sort of... I almost can see them out the corners of my eye. And And I think, you know, the thing you were saying about how do you know when, you know, the idea... We we were talking about the itch and the niggle of of books... Um, and for me, it is the characters and the way they start existing in your head as real people. You know, and you think, oh, I wonder what they're up to or where they're going to go. Yeah. Or are they going to nip to the shop, you know, <laughs> or are they going to shout at that person in the street? <laughs> you know, they start taking on a life of their own. Yeah. And you think, actually, you know, these, this, you know, I can go somewhere with this because the human, they start, yeah. Yeah, the human mind is amazing. Yeah, though, isn't it? it is. That we, but you almost, <laughs> I've said this before, what you think... I ever said this to a psychiatrist. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, they'd be concerned. Uh, and are they talking to you now? <laughs> um, no, she doesn't find you very interesting. <laughs> but they are that, that that capacity for us to imagine other lives. Is yeah, extraordinary. And, you know, and I think that that for me, one of the greatest joys of having a novel published, mm-hmm. um, the Hansworth Times, was 
other people talking to me about those characters yeah. in their lives. Yeah. And, you know, and they were, you know, people would say to me at book groups and things that I visited, oh, you know, but what's going to happen to Cavi now? You know, where's he going to go? And how, what, what's his life going to be like? And how it's like, lovely. you know, and you go, oh, that's great. Because you know, a lot of people ask me about a sequel, and I was like, no, I don't want to write a sequel. I might do in 20 mm. years' time, but mm. definitely not now but people are like but I want to know I want to know what happens to them but you could write a, a sort of separate novel with the same characters yeah so it's not a sequel as such yeah and I have thought about maybe writing some short stories with the separate mm-hmm. characters hasn't that lovely though that yeah. people responded so well I was very very lucky because my book was picked up for City Read. Yeah I wanted to come to yeah. City Read is, if you guys don't know about it it's a fantastic um, organisation run by Sarah Hutchings in Brighton isn't it? And it's she, in Brighton I mean they do sort of equivalents in other places yeah, I know they do one in New York uh, big reads big read projects right. where everybody in the city is encouraged to read the same book and it's talk so about it Sarah's I think Sarah's been doing it for the longest in the UK yeah and it's one of the most successful ones um the one in Brighton and Hove yeah. It's, yeah it's really good so there was tell me about it so there's a year of your and so celebrating your birth so what they do is they pick one they have sort of various reading panels mm-hmm. um publishers send them books you know that uh, submit books um, you know to be get um, selected for city reads, and they pick one children's book and one adults one adult book a year. Yeah. Um, and my book was picked in 2017 as the adult book. So they kind of program lots of different events uh-huh. um, off the back of the book, or and sort I, of theme around. You did. Remember yeah. that disco? The disco was great, wasn't yeah. it? The the um, what's it called? Stick it on party, yeah, which was around the themed around the music. Yes, yeah. we all got to choose and DJ. Yes, did you DJ? Yes, you I did, did. I remember yeah. actually. Yeah, I was, I was, pro- I was properly given it large. Yeah. Like I was, like I, you know, I thought I was Paul Oakenfold. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of late seventies, <laughs> early mid eighties yeah. music. So the whole it was brilliant. It I was fantastic. It again. Yeah. But yeah, so they have themed events. Mm-hmm. That, you know that that they're not all with me or the writer. They're. Um, kind of events triggered by themes in the book or settings in the book or the music in the book in that case with that event yeah um and it's just brilliant because you know as we all know well as you and i know writing, writing a book's hard getting, <laughs> absolutely getting published is really hard and getting readers is really really hard so mm-hmm. you know it was great to just have people being encouraged to read the book and yeah. it got sent out to lots of different book groups and yeah, there was like little displays in libraries and in Waterstones. That must and have been wonderful. Oh, it was amazing. It was such an honour. Yeah. It was just brilliant. But it's yeah. a great book. But what I think is lovely about that is that books are more than a series of words. It is a cultural... Yeah. I mean, what was interesting so, was... She like, opened it up yeah. and looked at all the different things. You know, you're Absolutely. so much And I was getting, oh, um, wow. you know, kind of emails and things from... Know, reading groups, not just in Brighton and Hope, but there was one in a little village in Somerset somewhere, and uh, you know, they were obviously all kind of older women, mm-hmm. you know, from that area. None of them were Asian or British Asian, but they wrote me such a fantastic email, a Lovely. kind of a joint email from the book group, telling me different things they'd loved about the book and. 
and it was funny because um, you know people respond to different characters, but mm-hmm. they all really responded to the old the mother character. Yeah, she's, in it. she's fantastic mm-hmm. though. Whereas some you know other groups you know responded yeah. to some of the girls or the, the grief of the father yeah. or you know. But it was great to have these women in Somerset, and I was trying to imagine them in the middle of nowhere in a little village somewhere reading it and going, "Oh yes, go go, Usher." <laughs> But how amazing your your imagination, something that's taken place in your mind, something you've been thinking about, is affecting others. Yeah, well, that's a great thing about writing, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. that's why we do it, really, isn't it? Yeah, because we want to climb inside your mind with our words. Well, that yes, not really. No, No, it's about that sharing of being human. Exactly, it's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. So, oh, have we finished already? No, we can go on for on. hours and hours. <laughs> well, we will. And then if I need to edit it, and the, yeah. the podcast people say to me, this is too long, I'll be like, yeah. oh, shut up. Um, yeah. So, well, then uh, carry on. Tell me no, more. No, Tell no, me no. more. You carry on. <laughs> now I've got no, I don't know what to say now. Um, um, What's your book about? Um, I'm used to being on the other side of the microphone. That's what it is. Um, I want to know all about your book and your. <laughs> gosh, well, mine's called The Sound Mirror. Yeah, and it's about. It's a great title. Thanks. Yes. I'm like you. I like to start with a bit of a title. Yeah. I like. I like my title. It sort of gives me a. Maybe anchor's the wrong word, but a sort of. No, a, I think a there point is something that I feel yeah. centered, like yeah. I'm attached to. That I yeah. can safely play around, like you're on a cliff face, but you know you're firmly pegged yeah. in. Um, and that's about a woman who, well, she starts saying she's going to kill her mother. Oh. Today's the day she kills her mother. And it's about why she has such a difficult relationship with this woman. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And so it's about, it tells sort of historically in a way. Well, actually, I'm, I'm sort of pulling apart at time. The grandmother's. And I may, at the moment, I'm writing the three, like the two grannies, but I may have all of, like, all lots of different, the DNA, as it were. Right, okay. So it's about all those different choices and things that have happened, not just individually, but also looking at the history, women in history. Mm. And so some of them aren't very nice, but when you, and that's, okay, that's a personal choice for them, something. But some of the reasons they do the things they do are because they have no other bloody choice or they're furious and enraged and losing their mind because they are so curtailed and the only people they can they have any autonomy over is the kids and so the kids are bear the brunt sometimes and then it's how that plays out so it's sort of about the physicality and history and you know uh, one of the characters is mixed race but her fa- her father was in the Raj. Okay. So there's not a lot written about Anglo-Indian people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's part of your heritage. Yeah, that's part yeah. of my heritage. And she has shame that she's inherited from her mother and because it was illegal. But, but you know, just because mm. people say, well, it didn't really happen. It's illegal. It's like, well, no, it does, because there's a huge community still mm. in India of Anglo-Indian yeah. uh, families. And... Um, but then What's they, the definition of Anglo, Anglo-Indian? Is it that there has to be a mother? It changes. I always thought there has to be an Indian mother. Yes, you know, I so. believe that's it. But it, I, I think some people use it to mean... Well, it has been used by the British to mean someone who is 
white born in India right because mostly in the Raj people went out and came back yeah but there were a lot there were people who were who were born there so but my so my great grandmothers there were a couple were Indian right Calcutta so they're actually Bengali um and they don't have a name on the marriage certificate and things they don't have there's name. no name because oh, they were yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean it kind of throws up all sorts it of things really around uh, you know kind of oppression and yeah yeah a bit like it's a horrible term mulattoes yeah. in the Caribbean so they were the the children of slave owners with their mm-hmm. slaves usually mm-hmm. you know so I'm not saying it's always the same for no, Indian, no. but then you do think or you know how much choice did these women have in these relationships basically yeah i think how much were they possessions exactly and i think it just dep- it depends on on the area and depends on the time that was happening it's a really too. interesting it's really like interesting. you say unexplored in creativity in there's cultural, not even a yeah. lot there historically documented yeah. i mean there are some interesting texts and i've been looking but not as much as you would think yeah um but yeah so she's fascinating as a character mm. So these yeah. are fictionalizations, yeah. very much. Of, yeah. But I'm using what I have heard. It's funny about how we I'm, both are kind of almost apologetic about fictionalizing things. <laughs> just as there was just a yeah. slight. No, I'm less apologetic. There. I am making it clear and drawing a line yeah, under okay. it. So certain members of certain people don't decide they're going to. Yeah. Okay. Call me over coals because it, I am fictionalizing. Because <laughs> um, that's what we do. Yes, that's our job. I don't know about either, but even if I try to write something autobiographical, memoir, of course it's a fiction. Yeah, because the, of course it is. We self-mythologize or we self-deprecate. Yeah, something we were talking about earlier. But my memory, none of us. In fact, it's not me personally. Our memories serve us. Yeah, they are not complete. So this idea that you can write something utterly factual, utterly factual, is absurd anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just, it just couldn't happen. No. When you start writing, yeah. it's always your perspective and therefore... Yeah, it's always going to be through your your lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And your lens is always going to be slightly unreliable. Exactly, exactly. Or manipulated by yourself. Yeah. You know, for yeah. whatever means. yeah creative means in you know many cases exactly yeah so it's exciting anyway it's exciting but that's what that's about sounds great yeah so we're doing similar sort of dual perspectives yeah and of course because we'll be on this blue moose women of blue moose list can we have a tour yeah wouldn't that be great i think we should yeah a tour yeah not just one talk a whole tour yeah yeah well i could imagine we'll be yeah drink yeah um yeah Trouble. Well, me and you partying <laughs> up trouble. We won't be trouble. No. We'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fun, and we'll have some good frank yeah, discussions. Some great discussions. Yeah. We need to sort that. Yeah, let's do it. We'll do it. Yeah, that would be brilliant. We've got time yeah. to organise. Let's do it. Yeah, um, and we'll bring other women in. Of you course, know, who aren't just blue moose. No, you know, of course, of yeah. course, of course. Into the discussions and into the panels and yeah. Uh, might even allow a few men. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they're humans as well. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be brilliant. Let's do it. We'll get on to that. So, what are you off to now? 
How do you procrastinate? That's a question I always do. How do I procrastinate? procrastinate? I do procrastinate. Of course I do. Everybody does. Someone told me they don't the other day and I thought, I'll give up. Well, one thing that I've really got to stop procrastinating with is social media because it is really quite... I don't like to use these sorts of words, but it's a bit wicked, I think. Oh, it's a bit mean. Yeah. can be very spiteful. It can be very spiteful. Um, but for me, it just kind of leads me down a little bit of a path of negativity oh, and yeah. compare and despair. Cut that you, crap out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not good for anyone. It's no. really not good. It's not going to reveal anything yeah. to you either. There's nothing on there. You're not no, missing out. There is no, like, it's um, that FOMO. No, you're not missing yeah. out. Well, you're missing out on someone's photo of their dinner. Yeah, exactly. Or, or miserable rant well, actually, about something. Well, it's usually or... other people's success. <laughs> It's like good for them, you know, I, and I actually do mean that as yeah. well. But I but you there's... also don't know the flip side of that success. Yeah, exactly. Or what people present, mm-hmm. you know, and what's behind it. And, you know, this is actually what I'm trying to write about, so I yeah. should know better. Um, but, yeah, social media, go away. Um, I do procrastinate. It's not procrastination, but I spend so long just putting playlists together and listening to music and reading about music. And you know, I'm I'm like one of those football fans, but with me, well, there's lots of us music geeks yeah, out there. Yeah. Just, I live with a load of them. Do you? Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. We have a household full of them. Mm-hmm. Even my daughter now has joined in. Um, so, yeah. is there a? Do we have a Hansworth Times playlist on Spotify or anything? There isn't. I did do a um, a radio programme. I was interviewed yeah. and yeah. it was about music from the book. So there's a little bit of a playlist there. But, but yeah, I should you just could, do I one. I did one for So The Dove. Did you? there's loads of music yeah, in that, Yeah, there's loads of great there? music in that. Yeah, yeah, people loved it. Yeah, Sonic Youth, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I should do one. Yeah. And I should do one for the new book as you well because I, I find that it's it just it's not a conscious thing, but music just creeps in. No, all do the time. it because I think it's yeah. really like, it's a way in for all yeah. sorts of different readers as well, yeah. and a, a connection yeah. and that sort of sonic connection can yeah. be really exciting. Yeah. That's so yeah, brilliant. so that's my procrastination. But, so you know, music. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it's not. Yeah. It's not just music. It's just like reading stuff that you don't really need to know about. Nick Cave's underwear or whatever. <laughs> you know, what, Does he do. wear underwear? I don't I, I hope not. <laughs> I don't want Nick Cave to. Yeah. I saw him, actually. We saw him uh, in Germany on the last tour. Right. Oh. He's brilliant live, isn't he? It, it was I saw, unreal. I saw him for the first time last year at Victoria Park where he played with Patti Smith as well. Was oh, on the bill. wow. Oh, my God, it was amazing. I took my 15-year-old um, daughter and she was jealous. like, why are we seeing with Patti Smith? She was mm. like, well, this woman's really old when she came out. And by the end of her set, she was going, that's the coolest woman I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What and a great so, and thing. Nick, yeah, Nick Cave was brilliant as well. Yeah. He brought Kylie on. And was she good? She was brilliant. She was great. Fantastic. I also saw him once in my doctor's surgery. That's the thing. I mean, he's moved to LA now. Yeah, Nick, come back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, can understand tragic. why he's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. Awful for them. But um, anyway, I don't just read about Nick Kay. <laughs> Although the, the good, Yeah, the, the flip side of that whole social media thing mm. is the thing that he's trying to do um, with his red hand files which is where he is responding directly to letters that fans and questions that fans send to him. And it's really personal and intimate, and it's really beautiful. No, if you haven't read it, it, have a, have a look at it. No. It's like, oh, actually, the internet can be a really good force for... And of course it can. You it know, really can, can. Of course it connects yeah. people, but, yeah. he, you know, as a... 
big celebrities. That's a beautiful genius. Thing to you do. know, he's done something really quite lovely there. On the on the tour, the the concert that we saw, concert that I sounded fucking ancient. <laughs> I went to the disco. Um, <laughs> You did call the stick it on club night a disco earlier as well. But it was. It felt like a disco. It was like a good you know old I mean? fashioned. It felt like a disco. It wasn't yeah, a club. No. Clubs to me mean being off my tits on e. Yeah, that no. felt like a little. Boobie. I was never really a club club that like that person, but I always love a good dance. Yeah, I've always loved. A I good go dance. to a great. I'm really getting off the point now, but I, every Monday I go to a dance class which is called Funk Fit. Oh, fantastic! And it's this great guy, and he who leads it, and it's disco lights. It's dark, and it's just really good funk music. Right, can we have <laughs> trying to come <laughs> a launch night? Yeah, that is dance. Yeah, here is my novel. That through would be the, brilliant through the media. I'm going to interpret it through the medium of modern dance. We're going to not modern dance. <laughs> Let's just do good old rock and roll dancing. <laughs> I might put my point shoes on and, and do a little adagio. Were you a dancer? Yeah, you I was like a dancer. dancer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this, so this Nick Cave thing, it was. What I loved about it and what I think is really important for any creative is it was generous. Yeah. So he played loads of old favourites, which I'm sure he's sick of playing. Knowing though, because you hear of artists that won't do it. Yeah. I've got new things. Yeah. He didn't play new stuff. But he played things that are meaningful to people. And it was like a religious experience. And I'll tell you who else. I mean, you're probably possibly not a fan, but... Have you watched uh, Bruce Springsteen on Broadway? Which is I haven't. Oh but my I've god, heard great it's just brilliant. You know, as a writer, he you know yeah, his lyrics are phenomenal. Aren't and they? the way he storytells mm-hmm. in that Netflix thing, uh, Bruce on Broadway. Oh, I have to watch. Really great. Yeah, it's really great. Mm. This, and it's that it's that generosity, actually, yeah. and yeah. that understanding of you know what human beings get from art. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and how, as the giver, you know, as the person delivering or making the art, it's a two-way street and mm-hmm. each person in that relationship is equally as important. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know... That's lovely, yeah. yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. OK, we'll end there. That's yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heidi. So, remind us of the title. Of the new book, yes, please. Should I Fall Behind? So, guys, look out for Should I Fall Behind next year, 2020. Yep. Which month did Kev save sleep? He said in? September. September. I don't know how set that is. We'll be doing some tours. Hopefully. Yeah. In, yeah. Coming to a town, city, country near you. We are. <laughs> and should we go abroad? Yes, please. <laughs> Anywhere warm. Don't mind where. Let's do New York, Berlin, and all those cool places. <laughs> They're not warm. Let's do India. Yes, <laughs> I need to go to India as a bit of a research. Yeah, me too. Travel thing. Let's go together. We can write it off on our tags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, guys, if you that you really ought to read the Handsworth Times. It's wonderful. Um, available in all good bookshops, and of course on the Blue Moose website too. So yeah, thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you. I'll it's been you a go pleasure. And, oh, thank you. I'll let you go and write now, and actually, you know. Carry on. Thanks. Thanks. That was so lovely. What a privilege to have the fantastic Sharon on to chat about her work in progress and her last novel, um, Handsworth Times. Really worth a read. And thank you so much for listening. It's such a privilege to be able to make this podcast and have you guys listen and respond. Um, yeah. Write in, talk to me, tell me.
tell me, ask questions. Let me know how it's going. How's your writing going, your creativity? Um, is there anyone you'd like me to get on to talk to? Or any anything you want, any particular kind of subject, anything you want us to talk about? That would be great. It's always nice to hear from you guys. And uh, there'll be more news soon and other people coming on to chat. And hopefully some fairly big news about new um, publishing stuff that I'll uh, I'll let you know. Thanks for listening. As ever, it's always great if you rate, review, spread the word, share the love. Dick carefully, though. Um, Till next time, write well, write hard, and take good care of yourself. Ciao.